politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties. Once again, this is Daniel Horowitz here back in the house. Brand new week of broadcast. It is Monday. I'll be on vacation next week, but this week we are going to pack it in. I have like pages of stuff to get to. I don't know how we're going to have the time, but we got to start. We got to start. And basically, we're going to revolve today's news around the following thesis. When you get a draconian diagnosis from a doctor, basically tells you we're going to have to amputate all your limbs, there's something really bad, and that amputation is going to continuously cause the problem that's going to engender a greater need for more treatment for the rest of your life. And that's just how it is. That's your only way to survive. Take it or leave it. What do you typically do when you're faced with that? You get a second opinion. Okay? You don't just like, hey, yeah, I'll cut my head off. Yeah, you know, what am I going to do? You get a second opinion. It is something we have failed to do from day one on every tranche of this. And because we failed to get an affirmative view, an an affirmative agenda, like a positive agenda, here's this doesn't work, and this is what we should be doing. This is the only thing that can work, the early treatments, the prophylaxis. Because we failed to do that, it's allowed the other side to be the only doctor on the playing field and seamlessly glide into the new position despite being repudiated. They benefit, they reap the benefits from having killed us all, destroyed our economy, society, mental health, physical health, and COVID's worse than ever. But that gives them an impetus to come with their new treatment. The lockdown, then the mask, then the vaccine works. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work for... um, transmission, but it works for symptoms. Oh, it doesn't work for symptoms, but it works for severe symptoms. And then that last shoe, as we noted on Friday, is already waning. It only That's only temporary. And they're already preparing for the new thing. And we're going to tell you what that is today if we don't stop them. Now, in the meantime, they're going to milk all of the tyranny they can get out of lockdowns, mess, and the vaccines. In the meantime, they're going to make you do all of it. Because we never hold them accountable. I find myself saying this more than I did in my entire life. Like Elijah said to Ahab in Kings when he killed someone and then took the property. Have you killed and have you inherited? They inherit based off of their murder. They benefit off their malfeasance and use that as a springboard to place more tyranny on us. But first, today's sponsor, the only Christian conservative Mobile network in America, Patriot Mobile. Why give your money to all these companies that are woke? And every one of them is, by the way, giving to anti-American, anti-family propaganda, COVID fascism. Patriot Mobile is the broadest nationwide network, um, uses the same towers as the major carriers. but So you get the same service, but you don't have to uh, have your money going to the cartel Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team has the highest rating among wireless carriers, so you're not speaking to someone in India all the time. Um, More importantly, they share your values. They actually give money. 
to organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitution, life, veterans, and first responders. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT. Activate, get your activation with the code CRs in Conservative Review. There are special discounts for first responders. Again, patriotmobile.com slash CR, patriotmobile.com slash CR, or call 972-PATRIOT. Support a company that actually loves America and its values. Okay, folks. So before I got off the air Friday, this was already going on, and all hell broke loose in Arkansas. So as you well know, Arkansas was the only state to actually pass a law barring localities and school boards from forcing masks upon children. Okay. And the governor was too scared to veto it because he knew they would override his veto. Then the governor called a special session now and says, hey, you need to allow the mask mandates to go back in place. Thankfully, the legislature balked. But a state judge in Pulaski County ruled that counties have the right to implement a mask mandate. Folks, think about it. We have been crying and pulling our hair out. What judge is going to listen to us? Our rights are being taken away. They take away our rights, and the judges say, screw you. No standing for you. So, as we've been discussing for over a year, our only recourse is in the red states, in the legislatures, to actually go and block the tyranny and prevent them from doing it, and that's how we're protected. Then they get to go to court, and while there's no individual right, there is a governing right of a local government to enslave you. I love it. So federal control to crush the states, but suddenly when it comes to tyranny, they're so into localism that even cities, which have much less autonomy from a state as a state does from the feds, somehow they can do whatever they want. This is the new theme, and in Florida, there is a lawsuit now against DeSantis. These counties like Gainesville, uh, Alachua County, uh, they're trying to get mass mandates put in. The governor is promising to cut off funding and allow also allow students to take the money and go elsewhere to a place that doesn't require a mask. Um, You know, it's funny. You never hear this the other way around. When you have a red county in a blue state, oh, what could we do? We're fully controlled. The left gets what they want. They always get what they want. So that's the first thing today. We got to fight judicial supremacism. Otherwise, we're screwed. Blue states, we get political tyranny. Red states, even where we could fight for it, which is rare because the Republicans are terrible. But um, basically, the courts just come in and we're screwed. Now, something else happened in Arkansas as well. My buddy Bob Ballinger, state senator, had a bill that would have applied a right to privacy in the context of employment law and vaccination. So basically... An employer could not ask you um, your status if you got the shot, and if they punished you uh, for not disclosing it, you would be able to, it would give you a private cause of action to sue them. So that would have required a procedural vote to allow the session to keep going and not adjourn. But of course, 18 to 17, they always get it by one vote. They voted to adjourn because they didn't want to vote on this. So we can't even protect the people now we are under the greatest danger than than ever i'm going to talk about this hopefully later in the week we'll have guests on 
the amount of death and injury from this vaccine is being so underreported, and that skews everything, your entire cost-benefit analysis of who should get it, when they should get it, if they should get it. We can't make that determination until we get proper data on what this thing does. And there's so much evidence that there are so many more unreported problems, and yet they're mandating on people. They're mandating it even on those that had prior infection. There's dozens of studies. You get B cells in your bone marrow from prior infection. You get, according to one recent study, um, stem cell-like properties from the T cells. Think about it. After the Delta spread in India, they went from like 10% seroprevalence to 70%. That's how quickly it spreads. And you see it spreads very quickly. Arkansas already had much more. Easily, they're going to wind up having, when this wave is over, Arkansas and and the southern states, they'll have 70%. I'm I'm giving a number, making it up. I don't have evidence, but you get what I'm saying. It's going to be a majority of people would have been immune. How could you have a mandate even if you believe in fascism? Even if you believe in your body, my choice? How could you do that to them? Three studies out, Mount Sinai, two from uh, England, Cambridge, I believe, is one of them, that there, you are much more at risk for side effects if you already had the virus. So there's no benefit and so much risk. I mean, that we should all agree upon. The fact that they're pushing it on people that already had the virus, given the one-sided science on this, tells you everything else they're saying is a lie. But this is where we are. The courts are a one-way street, a dead end. Florida judge says, nope, a Norwegian uh, cruise line could mandate them. Same time in Oklahoma and Arkansas judges said that you have a right to extended unemployment benefits. You don't have a right to bodily integrity, but you have a right to other people's money. And yet, where are the Republicans? All these conservative publications are ignoring. They're ignoring like we're going to say in a couple minutes. I'm going to give you a presentation of Fauci and Big Pharma's own words that they are openly admitting. Again, let's go through the steps. Lockdown didn't work. Masks didn't work. The vaccines didn't work to stop infection at all. And infection is even worse than it's ever been. And the critical illness protection is only temporary. That's going to wane. And they're already admitting that. And remdesivir didn't work. The only thing that does work is early treatments. And they're censoring it. And yet conservatives are are out there promoting it. Trump is out there saying he saved 100 million people with his lockdowns. Dude, I challenge you to show me how this man is helpful to our cause on any issue of our time. You have Bill Cassidy, senator from Louisiana. I warned against him. You know, I'm old enough now that almost every Republican senator that's in Washington, I had warned against in a primary, and I was proven right. That's how crazy it is to be me. Southern, red state, Bill Cassidy is dumping on Ron DeSantis for not allowing localities to implement masks. This is the same dirtbag promoting that even kids and prior infected get mandated to get the shot 
But at the same time, he's looking you in the eye and saying you need masks. I mean, it's unbelievable what they get away with. Governor Kemp of Georgia. He's calling on the FDA to give full approval, which he knows exactly what that means. And by the way, this is exactly what these Republicans do. See, they won't get up there and say government needs to mandate the vaccine. They'll promote the hell out of it, and then they'll say they need full approval. He knows exactly what's coming. They already said, Fauci already said, full approval will kick off a torrent of mandates. But this is what we have from Republicans. Truly disgusting. Folks, I already need a cup of wine. And it's not even the evening, which is the healthiest time to drink one cup of wine a day. If you're going to do it, why not do it with conservativewine.com, our buddies at Bonner Private Wine Partnership, the make these great dark red wines from Malbec grapes down in the Andes, grown at 9,000 feet. They're lab-tested. They're found to contain up to 10 times the levels of a longevity and heart health nutrient called resveratrol. Resveratrol is powerful, powerful stuff. Comes up in studies again and again on longevity, heart health, even brain health. They're 90% less they contain 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives. Tastes great on your barbecue steak with notes of blackberry, leather, cherry, and smoke. Go to conservativewine.com. The guys there are giving you 50% off their best Malbecs plus 50% off shipping. Make it a gift for a friend, most of all for yourself. Go to conservativewine.com and lower your blood pressure while you're at it. So I thought of this thesis today when I saw, if you've noticed, there's a trend now. They're admitting that masks didn't work, right? You have Biden's former epidemiologist that that advised him, the guy from University of Minnesota, Osterholm. You have Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner, who's a pimp for uh, Big Pharma. They're all admitting it doesn't work. And now they're saying, we're going to put N95s on your children eight hours a day. Folks, don't think this can't and won't happen because we've allowed it. We say, oh, they're never going to go to the next step and they just go and they go and they go and they go. And I thought of this thought that, again, have you killed and have you inherited? They benefit from the failure of their prior thing to seamlessly glide in and you have to trust them 100% on the next lie. And all the while missing the death and destruction they've left in their path. As if there was no harm in the lockdowns. As if there was no harm with the mask wearing. As if there was no harm in putting people on remdesivir for nothing and no benefit. And blocking ivermectin. Blocking famotidine. Blocking every... I mean, there's... there's heck, there's new studies out on even melatonin on great, great action for melatonin, which is over-the-counter, a cholesterol drug known as uh, phenofibrate, 70% reduction in mortality. I mean, tons of stuff going on, and they block it. And we're supposed to trust them on the next thing. It's 0% effective, the vaccine, in stopping cases, but it's 100% permanently blocks serious illness. Let's say you didn't know anything. Does that add up? Does that pass the smell test? Have you ever heard of a vaccine that's 0%? Like, it's spreading more than it ever did in places that are 100% vaccinated. But don't worry, it permanently protects against critical illness. If you understand mechanisms of action, there's nothing like that. It's typically like 
it's 98% effective against death, so it's 90% effective against cases. If it goes down to, you know, you're 80% effective against death, you're 60% effective against cases. You never have anything like that. And again, we need not speculate. We now have our evidence. Fauci is out there, and he said that we need to look at them in a different light. He told Farid Zakaria of CNN, we will almost certainly be boosting those people before we boost, meaning, the, I'm sorry, the immunocompromised, I didn't mention, before we boost the general population that's been vaccinated, and we should be doing that reasonably soon. I want you guys to think about that. All these Teletubbies, all these big conservative Muppet Teletubby loser Republican shill people, much less the Democrats, I'm saying even the Republican ones, are out there, you can't deny the fact that this is helping against critical illness. Now, mind you, as we noted on Friday, they skipped the important point that, well, if it doesn't help against transmission, how could you mandate it? Okay, that's a personal choice. But putting that aside, they're saying that it protects against critical illness. Fauci, the big granddaddy of tyranny, corporate shill, big pharma whore, is already telling us with a straight face, we will all need a third booster soon. The immunocompromised will go first, he says, because it wears off first, before other people. So he's not saying only the immunocompromised. He is saying everyone, but we'll do those first. And even the immunocompromised, that's big news because the vaccine was made for those people. That's the main point. If you're telling me it doesn't work for them, it's a lie. Think about that, folks. Think about that for a minute. Now, we have data from, from Israel. We, 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 this was Friday's show that more and more we're seeing it was a lie that there's nobody in the hospital who is vaccinated. There is a significant minority. In San Francisco, almost every adult is vaccinated, and it's getting really bad there. It's worse than they've ever had it, so there's got to be people that are vaccinated in there. And what we've noted is that, is that the virus has a tremendous amount of risk, tremendous amount of side effects. God knows the long-term effects. Zero benefit against getting it and spreading it. And yes, there's short-term benefit for a few months against against this uh, uh, you know, critical illness. And then it wanes. But folks, what did I tell you? It's not that, oh, you get six months on the clock. So you, then you might say, look, Daniel, I understand what you're saying. It comes with a lot of risk. But at least the immunocompromised should get it every six months. It's worth it. And genuine, generally, I would be inclined to agree with that, but here's the problem. Number one, every single shot you give them comes with a set of risk. Number two, we now know there is so much out there to prophylax on that's much safer than the shot and works better, frankly. But number three, the third and fourth shots are not going <clears throat> to even give you six months on the clock. 
because it's not just a fat, it's both. It wears off, but also the vaccine itself is constantly mutating the virus. Heck, the Wuhan lab, it's so funny, the person who runs the Wuhan lab came out this week and said, oh, this is going to mutate more. <laughs> I was laughing my head off. They would know, you know, and, and they're right. But basically, they're admitting it's mutating. So it's like giving last year's flu shot. So the next booster is not even going to give you six months of temporary efficacy against serious illness. It will give you much less, if anything. Fauci is already out there saying that the Peru variant, the Lambda, is completely immune from the vaccine. He, that is Fauci's word. What do you think he's saying? He's saying it's not working. Remember, the third shot is another dose of the same garbage, the same impotent garbage. Well, I shouldn't say impotent. I wish it were impotent. Comes with a tremendous amount of risk. So on that note, this is an earth-shattering article. It came out in Israel yesterday, Times of Israel. 14 Israelis who got third shot later infected with COVID-19. Okay? Um, according to Channel 12 News there, 14 Israelis, they, they just gave the third shot. I understand 14 is not a big number, but they just gave it to them. And two of those people who received the booster have been hospitalized. This is unbelievable. Times of Israel. What did I tell you? I called this last week. I don't want to hear, oh, 14 and 2, those are really, really, really low numbers. A, it's a very small country. B, they just gave it. How many people got it already? And, and, you, and this is just what they found. This is right away. So this thing is not going to have five, six months on the clock. So that's a very different story than saying, okay, you have long-term immunity against whatever. And by the way, I just want to reiterate the lie here. They're trying to glide into this new position that they never said it worked against infection. That is not true. CDC stated, okay, this is if you want to look it up, it's CDC from December, grading of recommendations, assessments, development, and evaluation, Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 vaccine. Overview. They say that the Pfizer shot was 95% effective in preventing symptomatic laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 in persons without evidence of previous SARS-CoV-2 infection. It's funny. They st that's where they stick in, and clearly, the efficacy of natural immunity. But they said 95% against preventing symptomatic cases. That is simply not true. It's near zero, especially after a month or two. So they lie to us about that. Oh, but, but the critical illness, they're totally telling us the truth. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But folks, I'm not done yet. So Israel came out with their second study that looked at the staggered timing of when people got vaccinated. Not just efficacy of the vaccine, but hey, when people got it in February, these people got it in, in March, April, May, and they found that it significantly wanes within five months, 146 days. And for those 60 years and at increased risk of SARS-CoV-2 infection, 
by threefold. By threefold. Think about that. They're not saying people in hospice. They're not saying people over 90. They're not just saying people over people with severe cardiovascular renal problems, kidney failure, you know, uncontrolled diabetes. They are saying people over 60. Just generically, people over 60. Dude, that's the whole enchilada it doesn't work for. And these idiots to this day are looking us in the face. It's safe and effective. Neither of those are true. Let's get back to Fauci. Notice they're getting ahead of it. The Lambda, it doesn't really work for that. Well, what do you think is the next thing? Okay? Lockdowns worked until they didn't. Masks worked until they didn't. Remdesivir worked until it didn't. And we're still doing all those things in some capacity. Certainly the remdesivir and the masks. Um... The vaccines work against transmission until it didn't. Vaccines work against critical illness until it didn't. The next thing is they're going to get into exactly what we're getting into is treatment to actually treat it. Except there's a little rub to that. You see, our treatment is a matter of boosting your immune system, long-term prophylaxis with vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, Cursetin, magnesium, um, <clears throat> and certainly the short term for people that really feel at risk during a time when it's spreading, ivermectin to prophylaxon, but also ivermectin for all stages of the virus, um, fluvoxamine, famotidine, which is uh, not, nothing but Pepsid AC, 40 milligrams twice a day if you have the virus, and even... even um, Nose, nose, uh, nasal spray and mouthwash. You know, if you get the virus or you think you're exposed to it, it will lower your your viral replication, your viral load, um, like that. I mean, boom. It, it it's shocking how so few people even know about this. Shocking. By the way, I just want to put this out to you as a public service announcement. Um, so a couple of things just for public service announcement. We have, um, a listener to this show from Massachusetts, Katie Jenkins. She sent me an 11 page PDF she created as a toolkit for a layman explaining in two sentences, each mechanism of action, all the protocols out there, the things you should do, like get a pulse oximeter and everything, where to find even monoclonal antibodies, and then six, seven places where you can get ivermectin, a telemedicine, you know, consultation. And I'm looking at this thing from Katie. I don't think she's a doctor. It's beautifully put together, and I'm going to try to find a way to get it out on the, on the internet, a hyperlink. I don't have it yet. And I'm thinking... This is what every state department of health and county department of health should hand out to people. First of all, it should be on their website for everyone, but hand out to people when they test positive. It's unbelievable. A layman listener of this show was able to curate this stuff and properly, very accurately describe what each one does. 95% of people would be saved. 
And those bastards have the nerve to patronize us as if we're doing something wrong by questioning their poison pill? Are you kidding me? They're the ones killing people. Most of this stuff is even over the counter. People don't know about it. So again, you know, there's plenty of places, myfreedoctor.com, um, ivermectincan.com, where you could get someone to prescribe um, with a consultation. Again, depending on some of them, they might, I don't know if they take insurance. You'll have to look into that, how much they'll charge. But you can get a prescription for ivermectin and, and potentially fluvoxamine if you need it. <clears throat> but, and, and, and again, there's tons of other stuff. But, Pepsid, which is famotidine, is over the freaking counter. So again, just to make it clear, famotidine is Pepsid. Some of the people are asking me, are they two different things? That is the active ingredient of Pepsid. Pepsid is just the name given to it. Um, what I would advise is you go to your pharmacy, over the counter, get the extra strength. Each extra strength is 20 milligrams. This is the dosing from the man who wrote the paper himself, Robert Malone. It is, and I spoke to him, so this is, you know, I'm not giving you uh, third hand. 40 milligrams twice a day is the dose. Now, again, I'm not I, I, I'm not talking about prophylax. It is very safe. You probably could, but I, no one has, seems to do that, the prophylax on ivermectin. <clears throat> but if you do suspect you have it, try three times, a, th three days, twice a day, 40 milligrams each dose once in the morning, once in the afternoon. So again, two, that's two extra strength. If you can only, for whatever reason, get the regular, they're, all, they're 10. So in each dose, you'll have to take four of them to get 40. But another public service announcement, and this comes directly from the FLCC. They have not put this out on their website yet because they're still fine-tuning it, but they gave this to me. Mouthwash, gargle, do not swallow mouthwashes with, geez, I can't pronounce this, and I'm sorry, Cetalperdinium, such as Scope, ACT, and Crest. Okay, Scope, ACT, and Crest. If you do Listerine, it has to be made from essential oil compounds of uh, eucalyptus, thyme, and methanol has also been shown to, to work. Gargling with a betadine solution is also an option. And then that's the nasal for the, for the nose. Irrigate nose with betadine wash three times a day. Betadine wash can be made by taking one cc of 10% betadine and diluting with 1% NaCl. Um, add dilution to a nose irrigation bottle, for example, um, Neilmed, N-E-I-L-M-E-D sinus rinse system. So again, if you want to play what I just said on slow motion to get that, that is just a public service announcement. It is truly disgusting how laymen like us have to put out, after 18 months, the most studied virus in the history of humanity, they refuse to inform people. I wouldn't know any of this stuff. Um, and again, folks, putting aside like the ivermectin and the fluvoxamine, but just the natural supplements, it, it has a million other benefits to your, to your life. It is it is shocking. Shocking. So anyway, I cut myself off there. Guess what, folks? Guess what? So I said, where where is the next thing headed? Drugs, treatment. Pfizer, if you've noticed, 
they put out at least two tweets from what I can see pimping this mysterious miracle drug that they're working on. Now, ask yourself this. If the vaccine is so impervious that you could violate all Nuremberg Code and Constitution and law and bodily autonomy and morality and Hippocratic Oath and mandated on people, that's man, that's pretty darn efficacious, right? Must be. Why do you need the drug? <clears throat> For the people who don't get the vaccine, they deserve to die, right? Isn't that interesting that they're already getting out ahead of it? And mind you, if we don't stop them, it will be the same thing. How dare you? The vaccine's not working. You better take the hookah, luka luka drug that they came out with. It may work. It may not work. I don't know. But here's what I do know is for sure. Number one, it will be a fortune. Number two, they'll require you to be hospitalized to get it just like remdesivir, so you'll clog up the hospitals, you'll make everyone sick, you'll spread it to the kids that come in for RSV. That's a whole other thing I want to write about this week. You know, the panic of kids in the hospital? There's tremendous RSV because of the lockdowns. The bubble boy and even mainstream doctors are saying this. So they're benefiting from their mistake of lockdown, and then they're using against us, oh, kids aren't vulnerable to Delta when they're being co-infected from nosocomial spread. And it's not bothering them. The active symptoms are coming from the RSV, but that's COVID case. And you have a run in the hospitals. Give them cheap stuff. I got my whole thing of ivermectin for 15 bucks. Give it over the counter. Make it over the counter. And then again, this ivermectin has been dispensed 4 billion times. And by the way, if it gets more, if this becomes popular, watch for government to ban it, <clears throat> which is why we got to work in the states with the governors and state legislatures to bar pharmacists from blocking it because I'm hearing more and more stories about that. Very dangerous. But anyway, they're going to come out with this wonder drug. Let me give you one more piece of information on this. Fauci did an interview recently with Reuters about that. See, people forget <clears throat> that Fauci is not CDC. So quarantine, dealing with the epidemic, epidemiology in general, that is not his job. His job was to come up with a cure and to treat it. And not only did he fail, he censored. So now he's going back to his job. Fauci told Reuters how he would work with pharmaceutical companies to develop drugs to combat COVID-19. And he talked about his dream drug, and he said his ideal drug would be a pill that blocks the viral function. I want it to be low in toxicity, and I want it to have very minimal drug-on-drug -drug interaction. So orally administered, single pill, given for 7 to 10 days, little drug-to-drug -drug interaction, low toxicity, give me that, and I'll be really happy. Do you know how sick that is? It's called ivermectin. Almost insane. There's almost no drug interactions. I think the only question might be, I forgot the name of that drug for people that have um, organ transplants. That's the only one I've heard. Um, <clears throat> I mean, again, you always want to check manually with whatever you're taking. Uh, it is, okay, it's not one pill because the dosing is low, but that's only because we haven't manufactured it for it. If we did, it would. I mean, it's self-fulfilling. It's being censored. Um, but low toxicity and amazing vi antiviral function. Gee.
Why is Fauci talking about that? Why is Pfizer talking about that? Why is Fauci already admitting that you're going to get another dose, but the dose isn't going to work? This is where they're headed. They're headed to where we're headed, except they're going to make it expensive. They're going to make it, you have to go to the hospital. The government's still going to control you. You don't have that freedom to get it, have it on your shelf. Who knows if it will even work and who knows the side effects. Now, folks, during a time when our rights are being trampled upon, you need someone defending you in the courts, Alliance Defending Freedom. They've been standing for religious liberty, the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, marriage, parental rights, and the nation's highest courts for years. And they do this at no cost. So it all is built upon the generosity of patriots like you with family freedom and basic biology at stake now. ADF needs your support. Go to adflegal.org. Slash CR and get your copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins. See why it's important to help out their cause and help your fellow Americans during a time of distress. Um, join the growing number of Americans that are now standing in solidarity with ADF. Go to adflegal.org slash CRs and conservative review. Again, adflegal.org slash CR. Now, I want to return to what we began with the second opinion. The second opinion, what it would look like. What it's become clear, what has become clear, what is abundantly clear to anyone who is not blind as a bat is that there is nothing you can do at this point to stop the virus from running its course and infecting everyone. And that, uh, fortunately, natural infection is so good it produces stem cell-like properties in the T-cells so all roads lead through natural infection, which you're going to get anyway. The question is, are you going to destroy everything in the process of achieving that? And prolong it? And help the virus potentially escape what you're doing anyway? Or are you going to treat and boost people's immune systems? Early prophylactic treatment and herd immunity is the only way forward and again as i noted <clears throat> fauci and big pharma are headed in that direction but it's going to be in their convoluted way um and it won't help there's a very important article out in iceland okay very important article from iceland where basically they are now admitting they are now admitting that they failed okay they admit that this whole thing was a sham. It's truly unbelievable. The chief epidemiologist, and, and look, I can't pronounce anything from Iceland, but they are admitting now that the vaccine failed. It's kind of funny how a lot of people, and again, including conservatives, are like, well, what do you mean? No one died there. So you see it's working as critical illness. Well, I guess... You think so, but Iceland is, is, is worried about it because they understand that if you have more cases than you've ever had post 100% vaccinated, that it's only time before that critical illness protection wears off. And it's not speculation. I'm sure they're seeing the data from Israel. And again, scientifically, if you understand the way the vaccine works with that boost of um, antibodies that wears off and then it doesn't really stimulate much if any T and B cell um, <clears throat> humoral 
uh, and memory uh, cells, and you know you're not going to get anything long term. The top epidemiologist believes that it is now necessary to try to achieve herd immunity to the coronary virus by letting it continue, but to try to prevent serious illness by protecting vulnerable groups. He says the goal at this point cannot be to eradicate the virus from society. One and a half months after the abolition of all domestic operations, a record number of people have been diagnosed, affected in recent weeks. And um, basically, he's he said he's been disappointed that herd immunity has not been achieved. Again, I'm reading a Google Translate of this Icelandic article. He says that only one other way is – the only other way is – able to achieve herd immunity is to allow the virus to spread through the community. Now, that sounds very scary, but two things. Number one, it's going to do it anyway. Number two is there's a second half to it. And this is what's bizarre that the guy is not talking about, which is stop acting like we have no way of dealing with this. Stop acting like there's no difference between a human being who has the right vitamin DC and um, zinc levels versus someone who doesn't. Stop acting like curcetin and ivermectin and fluvoxamine and famotidine don't exist. They do. Use it. So I don't want to hear this, oh, you're just going to do nothing. They're the ones doing nothing. Think about this, guys. A tale of two drugs. One became the standard of care remdesivir based on negative efficacy. One is amazing and gets nothing. Okay? A study of 3,532. So they always complain about sample size. This is a pretty large sample size. 3,532 from India. They studied the benefits of ivermectin as a prophylaxis. Now, this study's been out for a few months, but it achieved peer review in Cures Journal. Okay, achieved peer review over the weekend, or last week. They found an 83% benefit against getting COVID. So you could imagine, I don't know, I, I have to read it. I don't know if it has the data point. I don't have it in front of me. I just have it in my, uh, my notes here. But 83% efficacy against even getting it. You could imagine the efficacy against critical illness if you're prophylaxing on it. And again, you know, we're not saying to prophylax your whole life. We're saying depending on how bad the spread is in your area or how much you predict it to be in the coming weeks and your health status, it's like anything else you do in life, people take medications that are much more heavy duty with major side effects for the rest of their lives for all sorts of ailments. So you're going to prophylax. And if you don't, certainly you take it the first sign of trouble. And it's very, very effective. Now let's compare that to remdesivir. The Cochrane Library put out an analysis on remdesivir. Cochrane is the like granddaddy of the gold standard of methodology for doing research. And they concluded... Remdesivir probably makes little or no difference to all-cause mortality at up to day 28. There was limited evidence for a beneficial effect of remdesivir on mortality in a subset of 435 participants who received uh, low-flow oxygen at a baseline in one study. We could not confirm this finding due to the restricted avail 
availability of re relevant subgroup data. Remdesivir may have little or no effect on the duration to liberation from invasive mechanical uh, ventilation. We are uncertain whether remdesivir increases or decreases the chance of clinical improvements in terms of duration to liberation from supplemental oxygen at up to day 28. <clears throat> we are very uncertain whether remdesivir decreases or increases the risk of clinical worsening in terms of new need for mechanical ventilation up to day 28. Um, and that is the way it is. So there we go, folks. There we go. And then again, you look at places like Sweden that have lower vaccination rates. Some areas in Eastern Europe didn't do any of this, doesn't do the mask, and they, don't, they haven't had any deaths like all month. Finland, no masks, and they have really low vaccination rate, and they're experiencing decoupling. So one of the things is they're like, okay, Daniel, you're right, 99%, I'm exaggerating, 95% of people critically ill in Israel have both vaccines, but the raw numbers are low. We're seeing a decoupling of cases and deaths. And we said all along, we knew that with Delta. That's what happened in India. It's more um, <clears throat> transmissible. I think it makes more people sick, and I think that's the viral escape. Uh, that I can't prove yet. But it winds up killing fewer people per case, per you know number of cases. We saw that in India right away. So it's, it's the nature of the mutation, not what you're doing, that's making the difference. And Finland is another data point that proves that because in Finland, you're seeing a massive decoupling and they have a very low rate of vaccination. So that is the reality we're seeing there. Cases were rising rapidly since June 17th, but the average number of deaths remain less than one per day. Okay, so they've already been going up for a month and a half there, you should have been seeing deaths. When the wave began, only 10% of people in Finland were vaccinated. <clears throat> so there you have that. Just some, just some quick things just to go down here, and I'm losing my voice here. Alex Berenson is reporting. So this is all from him, but you know what? He's been right. Moderna, he, he heard that Moderna received 300,000 adverse reaction reports from its vaccine over a three-month span. There are only like half as many of those reported in VAERS, even though Moderna is required by law to pass all of those on. There is no way that is not true. Everyone I know in my life who had an adverse reaction, they were not reported. So we can't, like, folks, did you know this? <clears throat> Did you know that 86%, I'm not kidding you, 86% of youth getting the first Pfizer COVID shot experience adverse reactions? Okay? If you look at the June FDA EUA fact sheet description of the data, on May 10th, FDA granted, you know, EUA for Pfizer to do 12 to 17 or 12, they had a trial on 12 to 15 year olds. That trial showed 86% had adverse reactions, okay? It's found on the FDA fact sheet on Pfizer's COVID-19 um, 
uh, printout for 12 to 15 year olds. Page 25, table five. They show 1,127 kids got the first shot. Another 1,097 got the second dose. And um, yeah, I mean, 20% got fever. 40% after the second shot got fever. 20% after the first shot. 60% of the kids had fatigue after the first shot. 66 after the second shot. 55% had a headache after the first shot. 64% had after the second shot. 27% had chills after the first one. 40. I mean, folks, the point is, these are not unusual. I'm not talking about the scary ones. And most of them are extremely mild, what we're talking about. But for kids, how do they typically get the virus to begin with? That's the issue. So what are you doing to them? So up front, 86%, that's almost everyone. So up front, you're giving them the virus, what they would get, if not worse. And then you run the risk of a certain number absolutely will die and get really serious, debilitating things for no benefit. And that includes about, as of May, according to CDC, 43% of kids already had antibodies. So there, there's literally zero. But again, facts don't matter. We have to get on our state legislators. We have to get them to make ivermectin over the counter. We have to get them to bar medical boards from punishing people for prescribing and pharmacists from denying, you know, dispensing these treatments. We must make medical privacy a premium and bar employers from taking action against people that has to be done. And there's so much more we didn't even get to, but folks, fortunately, the week is just beginning. As always, I hope you learned a lot. I try my best. I try to give you the best information. It's just I've been very busy on the phone trying to change policy to help people, help people that are having the virus. This is this is what I live for. But you guys give me so much drive to actually do better, try to research better, give more information. So all I ask of you is to listen every day, send the show to everyone you know, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, and till tomorrow, God bless you all. Keep the faith, keep the knowledge, and thank you for listening.